That is Beard, the Gay Dad Podcast with Alex Megan and Young Daniel. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Squared Around the World, very festive Eurovision themed holiday today. We don't have to worry about spoiler alerts or anything like that, do we? By the time, and first of all, Americans aren't going to care and the Europeans will know already. Of course yes. they'll know. Congratulations, Italy, for yes. winning. Uh, so let's talk a, a little bit about loud, that. Loud, screamy song. Not that. Oh. I think that the takeaway for us from all of that, so our son, Ben, <laughs> was really in favor of Switzerland. And it's the first time that he actually watched the whole voting live. And the amount of disappointment was so... huge that I even never saw them like winning because I was busy consoling him yeah uh, he ran just as out. a reminder to those of you who don't know uh, our yeah, kids he's are five and a half. our kids are five and a half years old and he was so devastated that Switzerland didn't win yes and <laughs> and, and granted during the contest it was like you It shows that as if it's going to win so the expectation build up and then the disappointment and then I find myself need to explain to him that sometimes the country that you don't want to win is winning and I try to give it as a you know like a lesson a life lesson much more how that work know, out for you uh, not so well yeah uh, look I, I have to tell you that it could be worse it could be sports uh, so my question is and I, I will point it to, to our audience too is have you ever dealt with disappointment for your little kids like explaining to them you know how to deal with that yeah I find myself a little bit struggling on the subject so if you have an idea please write to us at hello at daddysqr.com Daddy squared around the world each episode we visit a different country today we visit Denmark and huh. it's funny that it's going to be very Eurovision thing yes. we, you'll discover it later um, Denmark is the second happiest country in the world did you know that Alex? I did not who's the first New Jersey seriously <laughs> it's a country no who who is the what's the first oh uh, Finland. What? I don't know. Isn't it like always dark in Finland? And, okay. Well, Not sure. Okay. Our guest today is Brian Rice. He's a singer and a songwriter, and his debut single, No Promises, uh, came out in 2005. And since then, he released five albums and participated in the Danish selection for Eurovision twice. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I want to know what he was wearing with those like suits and clay, shiny things that they wear. Yes. And his husband, yes. uh, they have kids together, and you'll, you'll hear more about that. His husband, by the way, was responsible for this year's Azerbaijan's entry. Matahari! <laughs> uh, you should listen so you don't think I'm just crazy, although I may also be crazy. I think it's interesting the way the countries cross over yes. in support of each other's productions and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have much more examples of this, uh, but this is not the stage for it. You can watch uh, everything. We can have a very, very special Daddy Squared based entirely well, on your vision. <laughs> no. Uh, so facts about Denmark. It was uh, founded in 1849. Mm-hmm. Uh, population is 5.8 million. Okay. Did you know that? No. Very small. Yeah. Relatively. Yeah. Uh, the currency is uh, Danish krone. It's uh, 16 cents. Just for you, just uh, thinking <laughs> for about For you American, there. you know, ethnocentric Americans, yes. 
and uh, the national food oh shit i should have looked at how how you pronounce that because it's one of these words with the a and e connected right. to each other show me the word show me the word i think it's steaked flesk whatever it is it's uh basically pork and potatoes It's yeah. the same when thing. it comes right down to it, you yeah. know it's something yeah, it's meat and potatoes. okay. Uh, three things you didn't know came from Denmark. Tuborg and Carlsberg beers. They actually invented purifying yeast for beer. Oh, until okay. then it wasn't really purified whatever, okay. and, and they had a lot of uh, diseases. whoever <laughs> drank beer. Okay. Um, many stories you we read for our kids. The Ugly Duckling, Little right. Mermaid, Emperor's new clothes. It's all like Hans Christian Andersen. He's Danish. Right, yeah. And Lego. I knew all three this Shit. week. Isn't that incredible? Wow, I'm so okay. proud of myself. What you didn't know, by oh. the way, that I, uh, I just want to make sure that Lego came from Denmark um, and it was invented first, came out in uh, 1932. The guy who actually came up with the idea of Lego divorced his wife the same year. Now, you can you imagine what happened after? And I think that, yeah, I think before. Yeah. But imagine how much you, like, wh- what you know went on at home? Divor- you know why they divorced? Tell me, tell me. I, I tell knew you, you haven't. No, the reason why is because he left those damn things around on the floor, and when she went, got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, in her bare feet, she stepped on them. It's excruciating, and she divorced him for that. Or, she, or he was married to Lego, <laughs> other than her. I, got, I think that's the, okay, the actual it could story. Be. It could be. The point is that they didn't really click together. Yes. Uh, Denmark won three times in the Eurovision Song Contest in 1963, 2000, and 2013. How did they do that today? They didn't go through. Oh, they didn't the make final. it to the final. Yes. Oh, sorry, Denmark. Um, this, this interview was recorded before we knew that Denmark is not going through, so we're going to talk about I'm, I'm warning you guys. We're going to talk a little bit about the Danish entry as well with uh, Brian. Um, I feel very fond of Danish gay men, you know? Why would that be specifically? I think the, idea, the thing is that because when I was uh, back in my old days, when I just came to America, I was a journalist for Israel as part of like the foreign press thing. And the Danish person was so nice to me uh, that it's kind of like we started talking about uh, Denmark and Eurovision, whatever, and we clicked. And all right, as you can see, uh, things are opening up between people. All right, there's another thing, too. I mean, you know. They're hot. Of course they're hot, but, but putting that aside, um, as far as European, let's say, history is concerned, Denmark comes out looking a lot better than an awful lot of the other countries of Europe, so go Denmark. Okay, I think we're ready to get on the plane. Oh, here we go. Pack your bags, Alex. We're going to Denmark. Matahari! We're going to Denmark. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, Brian. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Hey, guys, of course. Let's start with uh, like a very general question. What it's like being gay dad in Denmark? Uh, well, I've been uh, a papa to my daughter Liu for almost five years now. Uh, and I think it's all great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> we, never, than... we never stopped complaining about, about being parents, but okay, that's uh, nice. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, today, today we've had a bit of troubles with... With, uh, with eating so uh, so I can I, I could find some uh, some difficulties if, if I should but mainly <laughs> overall I think it's quite nice 
Did you have Did you have her through a surrogacy? No, uh, Liu has a mother who lives here in Copenhagen as well, mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, an old friend of my husband Mess. So, uh, so they have known each other since they uh, were in high school, and I have known Gry for for all the time that I knew Mess, which is thirteen years now. So, so we're a, a, a rainbow family, as we call it in Denmark. So, uh, by the way, is that actually a term that's used in Denmark for families that are of a different, you know, non-traditional structure? Uh, in Denmark, we uh, we always say rainbow family, but uh, the way to explain a rainbow family is that there is one or several LGBT persons in the family. Uh, if we can just ask ask a little bit of background on you, though. You uh, yeah. you came out, you know, approximately when? What age? Uh, I am, my name is Brian. Uh, and um, if I should start from the beginning, I, uh, I come from a little town um, outside Roskilde in Denmark. And um, we were only 4,000 uh, people in that town. So oh, wow. It's quite small. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but that's normal in Denmark, quite normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, and I came out when I was uh, seventeen, I think. Wow. Uh, which is uh, which is uh, very fast. For right. Some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, but to me, it has never been a problem, and it has to do with a lot of things, but mainly that Denmark is a, is a, is a very open minded country. Mm-hmm. But now, usually, from what we experience in the United States, but also in conversations we've ha- we've had with people from other countries, the general sort of stereotype is that the big cities are very progressive and very liberal, very mm-hmm. open to gays, and very small towns out in the middle of wherever, not so mm-hmm. much. But you're saying that wasn't the case for you. I think you can say that in Denmark as well, or you could at that time. It, this, this was in the late 70s. I'm 42 now. Of course, not in the late 70s. It was in the 90s. Ah. I was born in the late 70s. Ah, yes, okay. Uh, I think it was a mix between the way that I felt about being homosexual and and the and the fact that I actually felt safe in that environment. I had a lot of good friends. I was a Boy Scout. Uh, I did a lot of uh, drama school and uh, and and in my surroundings, it, it it was not a problem for me to to come out. And uh, and in my family, it was just uh, actually I didn't really come out. Uh, the, I, I, to me, it was just uh, a matter of saying uh well i'm i'm bringing home uh, uh, my boyfriend uh, mm-hmm. wow. nothing more nothing less <laughs> wow yeah. that's yeah. that's kind of amazing and uh yeah. when, when did you get married or did you get married uh, i i got married uh i think it's 2 years ago now yeah uh, with the mess whom i've known for for 13 years and how did the how did the um process of deciding to have kids work did you did you first decide with your husband that you wanted or your partner that you wanted to have kids and then you approached your friend or how how did this come come together? I've always known that that I wanted to to be a parent someday uh, but my husband mess was was not was not thinking the same way. He, he he didn't he didn't know it as as much as I did, but what happened was that uh, that Gru, the mother of uh, of our daughter, uh, came to us uh, when she was uh, reaching forty. Uh, she came to us and said that she had no boyfriend and she had reached a point where she wanted to have a kid, uh, and if we wanted to be the fathers. Wow, it's funny because uh, when I was like in my. 
20s, early 20s, when I came out, I had these girlfriends coming to me and they said, if we won't have a boyfriend by the age of 40, we're going to reach out to you. We're going to make baby together. And it never and, ha- and they, they all it, made kids first? Yeah, uh, what a shame. We could have saved a lot of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's, what's the... Um, so in Denmark, what, for, for a gay man who wants to become father right now, what are the options besides co-parenting with friend or well actually here co-parenting is is the overall way of becoming wow. a, a parent uh, if you are an LGBT are, person are they like matchmaking organizations that uh, bring together people who want to co-parent together we do have um, not not organizations but we do have some home pages uh, called rainbow children and things like that and then we have uh, groups on Facebook and Uh, where you can meet and where you can also uh, uh, put up hi I'm a, a man from uh, this place and I would like to meet someone and then we have a, a concept called rainbow dating oh well. what yeah. so tell us what, more about yeah, that we us. like the sound of rainbow dating yeah this is just uh, 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 there's a woman who's uh, a mother in a rainbow family she uh, she started these uh, uh, rainbow speed dating evenings and Where you can come and and just meet other uh, other people who who want to have a rainbow family Wow well so now the mm-hmm. other so so I assume there is adoption uh, yeah, even we, if it's we, not very frequent uh, adoption is legal uh, in Denmark but uh, but as it is now uh, you don't have you really don't have any countries from from where you can adopt you Outside of Denmark you mean um, outside of Denmark ah. there are no countries who want to uh, who want to adopt to homosexual couples in Denmark oh. understood what ah so and what about the law the law does not um, force organizations to, to support adoption by gay parents uh, it's it's okay that it's no. not interesting okay so no they 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 don't force anything and and I think there is uh, as it is right now there is only one I think it's an African country huh. uh, who can who wants to adopt to Denmark but only disabled children yeah we've heard about this concept uh, from other yeah. countries yeah. as well right yeah. uh, and and I guess uh, lastly as far as surrogacy is concerned and and in, in vitro fertilization that is, is surrogacy legal in Denmark? Surrogacy is illegal in Denmark. I see. Uh, and it's uh, illegal to, uh, to pay uh, someone also abroad for helping you out. Well, okay, so it may be illegal, but certainly if a, a couple uh, or anyone uh, comes to the United States and uh, makes a child using surrogacy in the United States, and mm-hmm. then they bring the child back to Denmark, what happens? Well, I know a lot of couples in Denmark who did that, uh, so it's quite common, um, but, uh, but it's still illegal. I see. Um, and uh, and uh, you can have, depending on which uh, community you, you belong to in Denmark, you can have uh, troubles uh, registering uh, also uh, the child, but also as parents. Right. So you're saying basically that, uh, well, the surrogacy aside, because the surrogacy is like, it's not a gay issue, I understand as well. Like it's mm. like, a, a, even for straight people, it's, it's illegal, mm. right? Right. Yeah, but so, actually I did just uh, about surrogacy. I think it's quite uh, strange that it's that it is illegal in Denmark because Denmark has been on front with every other legislation 
you know, on the LGBT area, uh, we have been the f the first country where you could marry, where you could marry in the church, and you know, we're very liberated country, but still on this issue, we are very much behind. And well, the the position has a tendency to be that while that might be supportive of the LGBT community, uh, as far as the mm -hmm. rights of women and avoiding the potential for exploitation of women, the argument is mm -hmm. made that that's why surrogacy is not allowed, not because of an anti-gay yeah. perspective, mm -hmm. but because of a women's rights exactly. perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they say, and I feel, and I feel that the politicians uh, have a. Uh, uh, they are almost afraid of talking about this subject yeah. because they know that it's a problem that we uh, that that we are so much behind in Denmark. Right. But because it has to do with with women women's rights and, and 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 all the things that you mentioned, then the politicians are actually almost afraid of taking it up. Sure, I mean it's a it's a no win if you're a politician, right? You can yeah. you can either yeah. piss off the gays or you can piss off the women. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you one other thing going back to these rainbow families. So, what if two men want to have their own child who will be exclusively theirs? If they go mm. and have a child with a friend, with a woman who is a friend, can they mm -hmm. then can they then become the exclusive parents legally of that child? Do you know? Yeah, you can adopt. Uh, the uh, you can the the mother can of course uh, give away her her right to to the kid. I, see. I think that happens too, but it's not very common. Understood. But, but you can. I want to talk a little bit about the visibility of gay dads. Also, you formed the, one of the most successful gay dads Instagram account, gay, uh, gay dads worldwide. Two dads worldwide, mm -hmm. sorry. Two dads worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, what inspired you to start this? And also, I want you to talk a little bit about the visibility of gay dads, how much people see two gay parents, I don't know, in the media mm -hmm. or in, in general. Yeah, I, I feel that it's quite common here. Actually, I don't feel special, uh, and the, there there is a, a common sense that um, that families like mine is is just as much as a family as other. Uh, we have so many different family types uh, right now. So this is just, as I call it, this is just a happy divorced family. <laughs> um, uh, we we don't have uh, we don't have all the the bad things that divorced families often have. Um, so uh, and I and I think that's quite uh, that's quite the thing that people think about this type of family. Right. Um, and and we have a, we do have. I'm a, in Denmark. I'm a I'm a known person. I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, so, so I have also been a lot in the media talking about my my family, and and the media has has written that that I was to have a, a daughter, and uh, and there are a, a few other known uh, Danes, uh, also um, uh, actors and singers that have rainbow families. So it's it's quite normal here, actually. Your friend, who is the mom, does not. She doesn't live with you. She lives somewhere else, right? Yeah. And uh, what's the um, arrangement in terms of uh, where where your kids are? Do they spend do they mm. do they spend time with her? With her, is it like in an established mm. schedule? How does it work? 
we uh, I, I know of of, uh, of several different uh, arrangements I also know of rainbow families that live together in the same house uh, but we chose not to because we see ourselves uh, mainly as two families and then uh, as a whole family together um, so so we decided to to have our own uh, homes and uh, Liu's mother lives uh, about 15 20 minutes from from our house and her kindergarten is just in between those two um, and uh, and then when we started talking about the the project which is uh, it, it was at that point um, we talked about uh, how to how to start when when the kid is born. What is what what do we do? And uh, at a certain age, uh, uh, when do we start splitting? Uh, when when will she start having one or two nights at our place without the mother and things like that? So we have uh, actually we have what we call a child contract. Right, uh, and that is and that is quite common here. And that contract is made out of of our own uh, thoughts about uh, how you're supposed to do, but also out of uh, uh, knowledge from other couples and people who know something about it. We should put a copy of such a contract, not his specifically, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. translated to English mm-hmm. would be really great because I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of benefit for people to see what contracts like mm-hmm. those look like. And it's very important, actually, because uh, I know of families, rainbow families here in Denmark who didn't do that. And uh, uh, unfortunately, they ended up not agreeing on how to do it. Uh, right. And that is very unfortunate. So, but uh, but we've always known how to do it. And uh, and le- uh, the last thing that happened is is that uh, when Luke was three years, we started splitting it uh, in half. So she's uh, one week with her mother, one week with us. I want to know about the conversations before the contract. So do you really mm. talk about what do you really talk about? We had a lot of meetings or dinners where we sat down and talked about. Uh, wh- where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do, uh, but we talked about a lot about values, values in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do we want out of this, and uh, and what do we want our kid to to feel and and live and and everything. So and then from from meeting to meeting, we we wrote down points of interest that that we could talk about. It's funny. I wonder whether whether my husband and I actually did that. I think we did some of that between us, between the two of us. I think everyone should do that. Actually. I agree. I completely also also heterosexual couples because we we are very aware of uh, of our values towards having kids Mm -hmm. and fortunately we are on the very same level as the mother uh and 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 i think that has to do with the the fact that we have known her for so many years we were already friends before we decided this Uh, and that has a lot to say and i know that many rainbow families in denmark become families because they want to have children but that is it it's doable but it's uh it's it uh, takes a lot more uh, from from every part of the family. <laughs> right. Are you planning to have another one? Oh. Uh, we talked about that actually already before having Liu, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, as we are two men, we we uh, we just wanted to to air the fact that that both of us would like to uh, to be also the biological father. Yeah. Uh, uh, but 
after having Liu, we found out that actually that term is uh, is a bit nonsense <laughs> because yeah. uh, one thing is the biology, but but it has nothing to say. You know that as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, the 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 fact is that Mass is the biological father of Liu, uh, mainly because uh, Mass and uh, Liu's mother knew each other for so many years. Yeah. So at that point, I just said that well, I I would like to maybe uh, uh, if we want to give Liu, Liu a sibling, uh, we could uh, I could be the biological father. But the thing is that uh, Liu's mother uh, is not really that interested. Mm. In having any more children, so at this point we're not doing anything. If if I if I have a strong feeling that uh, that I need to do it, then uh, we will just uh, make our rainbow family even bigger. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about uh, two dads worldwide. How did it came about? And uh, I mean, I, I'm sure you're in touch with many families around the world. Yes. So yeah, yeah so tell us. But it was uh, actually it was just uh, what I call a brain fart. <laughs> it was I was one one evening I was just uh, I was searching the hashtag I think uh, two dads uh, just to see uh, just to get inspiration and just to 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 see how many people out there in the world I could find that was like us. And I found so many amazing pictures. I'm sure I found some of yours as well. Mm-hmm. They're <laughs> and, all and I was they're really... all photoshopped to within an inch of your life. <laughs> There's no way that gay dads all have pectoral muscles that look like that. There's no way. <laughs> no, it's not possible being a dad. No. Um, and then I, I think I just I, I don't remember the the actual decision. I just did it. I just uh, made this this new. I'm 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 very much into social media uh, because I have uh, I have my own social medias as an yeah. as an artist as a singer songwriter. So so this was just an an extra an, an add on. I just wanted to gather all these amazing pictures and also to find a way to for us to gather. I know if it wasn't for for two dads worldwide. For example, we wouldn't know uh, yeah. that uh, that we existed, and you wouldn't have had the possibility to contact me. So, and that's what I wanted. Actually, I wanted to make a, a for, forum where double dads all over the world could join. Yeah, right. yeah, that's I lovely, mean, and that's why we did the podcast. Also. I know <laughs> it's 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 exactly true. I mean, you know, we're 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 quickly realizing that it's not that small a uh, niche of people around the world who are gay dads and how wonderful is that uh and yeah, you and a- you only learn it when you use technology to find each other so it's fantastic yeah it is and and also uh um i think it's uh, it's wonderful to see that uh, that in on my page at least there are so many followers that are not uh, LGBT people but just but just uh, very thrilled to see the yeah. fact that we are so many happy double dad families right yeah totally I mean I know a lot yeah. of mothers who ask exactly the question well how do you have such pectoral muscles and why doesn't my <laughs> husband have them and I'm like because you're not gay you have to get gay <laughs> yeah. uh, um. Before we go, Brian, before we go to the um, last uh, section, I have another question that is very general about parenting that I really, I like to ask um, just because, I, you know, I, I guess I'm looking for 
somebody to relate to in struggling about parenting. Um, Alex, why are you doing that face? I'm waiting to hear what you're going to ask. My I'm quest- fascinated. <laughs> My question <laughs> is, what, what is the most challenging, challenging year in parenting so far that you had? Um, I think actually it was the, uh, it was the early years, the first, the first two years, uh, when, when the, when, when the child is so small that you can't communicate, I think of course they are very cute, but they're also, uh, very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love the fact <laughs> that I can, uh, I can actually, I have a, I have a very bright four year old mm-hmm. kid. Uh, I can I can actually talk to her about a lot of things and she's uh, very uh, attached to feelings and and she can she knows about her own feelings how nice uh, it is to talk to them like to ask them what's what hurts and what's painful when yeah. they're crying and they answer and not <laughs> instead of guessing we, right we just had that uh, that talk actually at dinner half an hour ago oh it's so uh, good uh, yeah because she they had seen um, a movie in kindergarten that made her feel bad ah. it was a witch and she didn't like it mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and I, t- I asked her where if, if she's if she told anyone if, if there was uh, like a, a friend by her side that she, she could take her hand or if she could go to the to the grown-ups uh, and she was like no I just went to the other room oh my <laughs> children for some reason prefer the witches I, it's, it makes concerns me a little bit but whatever <laughs> um, Alex yes take it is it time yeah, it all is right. time we mm-hmm. complete our interviews all the time with what we call the lightning round this is five questions that I'm going mm-hmm. to ask you quickly. They're extremely serious and important questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I am ready. What was your child's first solid food? It was, um, it was a porridge of peas. Does it have a name? Uh, in Danish, it would be article. Uh, Excellent. Okay. By the way, what's <laughs> Danish in Danish? Oh, that's, that, a, that's true. That's a good question. What, How do you say Danish in Danish? Uh, wow. Boy, are well, we we'll never ignorant, <laughs> ignorant Americans. Okay, question number two. It's actually, it means bread from Vienna. Oh. Uh, and that's a funny thing because, because in Denmark, we call it bread from Vienna. And, and all over the world, it's actually we call Austrian. it Danish. Yeah. <laughs> all right, question number two. What is your, what is, uh, your family... Most frequent dinner. Uh, it is a it's a it's a Danish dish actually called frikadella. Uh, they're like meatballs. Oh, uh, okay. Meatballs with uh, mashed potatoes because that's what Liu likes the most. Oh, sounds good yeah. actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Question number three: Do you have an interesting family cold or flu remedy? Yes, actually, when uh, whenever Liu has a has a cold or or you know we, you need to blow her nose several times a day and or every five minutes, uh, then when she when she's asleep, I take an onion uh, and I cut it in halves and I put it in a bowl with water and I put it beside her bed, uh, <laughs> and and that actually uh, helps uh, when she gets up. She's uh, she's not constipated anymore. Oh Alex is laughing because I do that too, and he always thinks I'm a witch. It's true. Well, he is a witch, but in a good way. And um, I love that the onion is a, is a is a global phenomenon. It is. Yes. Question, Antibiotic. Question number four: 
What is the first thing you intend to do once the lockdown associated with the pandemic goes away? Uh, I'm going to attend the the World Pride in Copenhagen in August, uh, and I I uh, yeah I suppose that the that the lockdown and the and the pandemic is gone by that right time because because we need to uh, you know we have the World Pride and the Euro Games in Copenhagen in August wow. at the same time. It's the first time ever that these two events are in the same city at the same time. It's it's an a mega it's event be- called Copenhagen 2021, and we just need this to happen. That, oh my yeah, God, that's, uh, yeah, I need it to happen. That's a I need once to be in a lifetime, and I'm standing on stage for the uh, for the uh, opening ceremony. So I'm just like, this needs to happen. Oh, and totally. I need to, show, I need to show you all of this. So please. Oh, yeah. that's so great. We should put a link for that as yes. well. And my last yeah. question is: We need from you the name of a gay icon from Denmark, uh, music, uh, uh, an actor, it doesn't matter what it is, that they themselves don't need to be gay, but all homosexuals in the world need to know about this gay icon. Who is it? It could be you. Uh, it could be me, but I wouldn't <laughs> call me a gay icon. Um, <laughs> uh, but actually, I think I think I would name, um, it's, an, it's an old man, he's actually gone now. Uh, okay. But he, his name was Axel Axkid. Okay. Uh, he was the he was the first man to uh, to to get a civil uh, how, how do you call it uh, registration uh, uh, right with his partner. the union yeah uh, yeah uh, so and he was uh, he was like uh, one of the first uh, uh, fighters for the LGBT community. I, I was assuming that my husband was going to pipe up and talk about a major representative to Eurovision. No, I was Who going to ask, be? like, what's what's <laughs> happening uh, this year in Eurovision? Are you uh, do you think they're going to sing uh, in Danish? Really? Uh, yes, the Danish the Danish uh, song uh, will be in in Danish. Uh, uh, actually, I have been in the uh, in the pre-selection for the Eurovision myself. Uh, oh wow! Uh, yes, I have had five songs in the uh, in the selection. Two of them I sang myself. Oh wow! Uh, and my husband Mass is working with uh, with both the Danish and the uh, Azerbaijani uh, song, uh, and he will be going to Holland this. Uh, oh my God, that's amazing! Jealous. Yes, this is my husband's. Dream of all dreams. <laughs> you, you have reached the uh, the Eurovision home uh, of Denmark. Oh, uh, wow. okay. We'll be in touch in uh, in May. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have to say that I looked them up. What's What's great about Eurovision is that um, you get exposed to so many artists from so many mm-hmm. um, places, and and mm-hmm. these guys are actually they have. Good music, I like that. I mean, yes. it's in Danish, but I don't understand anything that they're saying. But still, they're, they're quite popular actually uh, on radio here. Um, well, we're hoping to see you one day in Eurovision. Oh my god, that would be yeah, amazing! You should, find, you should find my old entry that uh, it didn't make it. I came number two in Denmark, uh, but it's called Breathing. I and will look it up. His name is Brian Rice, and a link will be on the site as yeah. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, it was really Always. interesting, and um, and the whole um, rainbow families. It's yeah, really, it's family. really fascinating, and it's unique. I mean, we've been talking to. Mm. 
you know, many countries by now, but nobody had that Not idea. quite that I concept. Mean, no, yeah, that not term. like yeah. a, yeah, it's specific wonderful. concept. Yeah. Well, we, we hope that you and your rainbow family have a lovely evening and... Um, and good luck to Denmark. Yes, good luck to Denmark. <laughs> Thanks, in guys. Thanks for calling. All Take right. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Stay in touch. Bye. Bye. That is Squared Around the World. We're back from the interview with Brian. This interview, by the way, was recorded before we knew uh, Denmark is not going through to, to the Eurovision. Um, there's always next year, Denmark. Yes. And Brian, we count on you. I want you in Eurovision. I want you part of history. Also, while we were doing the interview, I learned that Hans Christian Andersen may in fact be bisexual. He's dead now, but nevertheless, interesting little piece of information. Is it true? Who cares? <laughs> I'm Jan and... Uh, oh, I'm Alex. Yes, yeah. and we're Daddy Squared. And let's uh, look at uh, options for gay men in Denmark, Alex. All right. How to make a rainbow family. Okay, I just want to stop and say, I had actually never heard the term rainbow family before. It was always like you'd make a list of the different forms of family. I think as much as I'm not a, you know, a rainbow-y type of guy... I love that. I love that name, and we need to use it in the United States. Have you heard it in the United no. States before? Rainbow no. Family. It just means one of the many, many different ways that people have families. There is an organization called Rainbow Families, oh. but it's not like a definition. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so according to the local DK, Denmark News in English, the number of Rainbow Families in Denmark has doubled itself in the past 10 years. So it's going up. What's interesting to me is when you think about this idea that the number of rainbow families has doubled is that that they've actually doubled or is that the fact that we're starting to realize how many things qualify as rainbow families that we had not thought of before you know all of these people who have fa straight people who have uh, families that that comprise three or four or five parents because of the different ways that things come together and i actually think that that's a really beautiful development because the more the larger public in any country understands that really the number of families that are what you're supposed to have in the movies and television shows where there's a mom and a dad and, you know, a boy and a girl and blah, 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 is actually far fewer than we thought. It's really healthy because the gay community has a tendency to be seen as the unusual family type when in reality so many straight couples have unusual family types as well. And those were all rainbow. Yeah, and uh, what I found interesting is that I think we mentioned it briefly uh, in the last episode, that every country we see what's the popular thing for gays to do there as far as parenting is concerned. And here in Denmark, here. That's where the, we are. We're in Denmark right now. We're not in our backyard. In <laughs> um, the co-parenting culture in Denmark is so big that there almost any room for for anything else and most of it is done with uh, artificial insemination mm -hmm. and it's so big that uh, if you look it up and which I did in Danish thanks <laughs> uh, thanks to Google translation yeah there's so many websites in Danish that actually uh, are matchmaking yeah. between people who want to be families so most of them say that uh, when you go there when you go to these websites and and you want to set yourself up with a profile, it's important before you even do that to actually figure out between you and yourself, you and your partner as a gay couple, what is the things that are more most important for you to look for? So what, what do you care about? For example, if you're Alex and you want to raise your kid Jewish, 
you won't marry a person who won't right, want their sure. Jewish education for the kids, right? Sure. And it, it's significantly more complicated because we're not just talking about two parents and we're not talking about two parents who are living in the same household necessarily. Yes, but, but, but you as a unit have to match like a one person sure. with another one person. So it's really important between you and yourself before you even go to set up uh, the, the, the profile. Just sit between yourself and decide and discuss it a lot, like all of the aspects and make a list of things that you care about. Right, and, and just to be clear, before I started dating, I made a detailed list of exactly who I was willing to marry and every single one of those boxes is checked by my husband. Oh, <laughs> such bullshit. So not true, I know. <laughs> Surrogacy is illegal in Denmark. Uh, most of them are going to the US uh, to do it. There's a lot of resistance. And I just, as I researched it, and I think that it's because of lack of information, because the, the co parenting is so huge and so popular, people don't really want to know about surrogacy more. And they ended up like going like having di different perception about what it is. They even, the, the word for surrogate in Danish is foster mother. Ah, interesting. Which is by itself misleading. Right. So people who want to do that has to face um, some other barriers. That's, well. that's fine. But I would also say this, you know, surrogacy, which we did and which I'm so happy we did. Nevertheless, one of the real contributing factors to why I wanted to do it was because of my my strong desire to have a nuclear family that felt like what I was sort of used to. And the question I would ask myself is, if I grew up in a country with a culture that was much more open to the idea of these different ways of parenting, maybe I would have said, well, why would we spend that much money and go through that much complexity when we can do it in a simpler way with a co-parenting arrangement? I don't know. I, I understand, but there, at the same time, there's not enough information. And I think that, that that's also something that you should consider, like it's a part of this equation. Right, I mean, agreed. Yeah. So, and also one thing that's very important to mention is that uh, recently the law has changed in Denmark. And if you decide to have kids through surrogacy in the US, when you bring them home, it's much easier because all you have to do is simple paternity test to prove a genetic... Uh, a genetic tie. To one of the dads and that dad... That, that uh, dad can automatically provide their citizenship to their biological child. Yes, and then the other dad uh, can really adopt... Mm -hmm. Second parent adoption. It's relatively easy. It used to be very difficult, but now it's uh, easier. Um, <clears throat> adoption and foster care are the least common in Denmark. Although gay men in Denmark can adopt since 2010, they can apply for, for adoption, but the problem is that there are no, not enough kids. You know, it's a small country. Let's not, so call it, let's not call it a problem. It's actually a wonderful thing that there are so few kids for I'm adoption. I'm saying if you decide to do that, you yeah. have, you're facing this thing where... Every year, there's five to 10 kids. Sure. That's all. Uh, and by the way, in 2020, there were 40 kids, and I think it's related to the pandemic. Right. It makes sense. But, uh, but usually, it's, it's so, so little. So people can adopt from other countries. Mm -hmm. um, from what I read, it's most, they mostly go to South Africa. There might be other countries, but um, that's my sources. Um, organizations in Denmark, there's Dare Denmark. This is a non-profit organization that works for um, more information on surrogacy, mostly, but for equality for all gay families. And it's worth to check, to check them out because they kind of also 
teach a lot. It's a lot of education. Um, and if you want to know more about other way of parenting, rather than co-parenting, you should go there. There's also like a list of names in Danish that I'm going to list out on uh, daddysqr.com slash Denmark of all the uh, matching sites for uh, co-parenting. So just so you know. Daddysqr.com Well, we're going to go to our Men Having Babies MHB corner that we do each episode. Uh, and uh, this week, Ron Puldayan, who is the director of the organization, is going to talk to us about the ethical framework that they've come up with and that they uh, work with their partner agencies to establish. And I do think it's fascinating and it connects to what we've talked about in most of the episodes so far, because as many of you who've been listening know, surrogacy in most of the countries of Europe is either illegal or much more tightly controlled than it is in countries like the United States. And some of the reasons for that might not be so good, but some of the reasons are based on a real fear on the part of the people and the governments of these countries that surrogacy can be abused and abusive. And so Ron is going to talk to us a little bit about the thinking that has gone into uh, creating a set of ethical ideas behind how surrogacy can be done properly. This is MHB Corner. One of the first things MHB did as an organization is to gather a group of surrogates. Uh, and until today, we actually have an advisory committee of surrogates that help us uh, navigate issues of ethics and to come up with what we call the ethical framework for surrogacy. The, the reason was that we want to make sure that every person who goes through surrogacy has somewhat of a checklist of things they need to think about to see whether they're okay with this process and under what circumstances. When you build your family, you want to know that you're going to be proud of that family and you're going to feel positive, not just about the outcome, but also about the circumstances in which your kids came to the world. Uh, we also collaborated with other international LGBT organizations as well as people from the professional community. And the, the ethical framework we created has what we call baseline protocols as the first part, what, which are what every agency clinic uh, and clinic has to agree to before they come and participate at any of our events or our financial assistance program. And then we have another section, which is best practices for intended parents. And that is the ways in which you can go beyond just the very basics and become more mindful about various aspects of surrogacy, including should you visit the surrogate at her home? I mean, is that something that is ethical or desirable or is it just an invasion of privacy? Uh, feel free to join one of our sessions at our conferences, which we call Mindful Look at Surrogacy, where we drill down into a lot of these issues. Manhavingbabies.org that was MHB Corner with uh, Ron Puldayan. I just want to point out that the seminars that men having babies do are divided into two groups. One group is for people who are want to become dads. So it's kind of, I don't want to say orientation, but it's a lot of information. It's a lot of education about surrogacy. Um, and it's open to all over the world, mm -hmm. not necessarily in America. And the second one is for people who become dads already. So, you know, the last thing that I attended was about frozen embryos so you, ah. you know you get so you have uh frozen embryos that left after you after you make your kids what do you do with them popsicles no <laughs> no i'm gonna i'm gonna rule that out but you know a lot of people 
for example, donate them to science. Right. So yeah. stuff like that. So uh, there, are, there are some options, which is uh, very interesting. And I thought it's like a, it was a very interesting sem- seminar. So it's worth checking them out. It's manhavingbabies.org. Alex, I'm suffering from uh, PED. It's post-urigen <laughs> disorder. I knew what PED was going to stand for. <laughs> I just, you know, every year after the, song, the contest is over, I'm like, oh. I now we have to, to wait another year, and it's going to be in Rome. I want to tell our listeners that the last week I have been a Eurovision widower um, because he has been either, you know, looking at the odds that the, the betting world is doing on who's going to win or watching the semifinal one or watching the semifinal two, and uh, I'm kind of relieved that it's over. It's nice to have you back. And now it's time to actually plan the summer. So summer yes. is coming, yes. uh, and with that, the end of school, and Alex and I are kind of com- contemplating on what to do with the kids, and it's, it's a problem because I remember my parents, yeah. v- from a very early age, they just continued to work as usual and, and left to work and left us at home most of the time, and I think that nowadays... It's not acceptable. I don't even remember what my parents did. I don't remember at what age I started going to day camp, for example, but I think it was relatively young. You grew up in a country at a time where leaving a, I don't know, a young child at home and having him go outside to the market was actually not that big a deal. I don't think that we were allowed to do that until we were significantly older. And now we'd be arrested, I think, you know, if we let free our kids range do that. kids, Alex. Free yeah, range kids. well, I don't know. Um, uh, we will figure it out. I do think that all of you who are parents uh, are probably dealing with some similar problems as a result of the fact that the pandemic is, God willing, coming to an end a little late, meaning it's coming to an end and just in time for us to say, oh, holy shit, what do we it's do with summer. our kids? Yes. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, it's one of the many, many exciting things about having children. We will tie them to a stake in the front yard, and they can just run around in circles. Uh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And I hope uh, social services are not <laughs> listening, because then we're doomed. Thank you guys for listening to us today. I just want to remind you guys that we really, really want to hear from you. So please write to us at hello at daddysqr.com. We gave you a list of things that we want answers Yes. For example, how to deal with disappointments. I intend to post your answers on our website at wsqr.com. So please, please don't disappoint me on the disappointment. <laughs> we also love uh, comments. We love, we love really good ratings on Apple oh, we Podcasts. Do. We do. We love them. We love them. And generally speaking, you may be surprised to hear that we love to hear feedback even when it's critical. We really do. Because we're trying to make this as meaningful as possible a podcast for prospective gay dads, for gay dads, for families of of gays. Uh, It matters to us a lot and we'd love your guidance and your support. All right, you guys, have fun and we're going to see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Q R dot com